when you listen to the show, if we are wrong or we don't know what we're talking about, that is perfectly fine. And you can correct us anywhere you want on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook. You can find us at Not A Historian Podcast or at Not Historians. That's fine because we just jump on the internet, go to the library, talk to people, watch some interviews, and do the basic research we can just to show that two average Joes can do it. Exactly. We're not historians. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Well, maybe he walked around with jelly beans. That's what it is. Maybe he walked around with jelly I think beans so. I think he, and he was at the crime scene and stuff and be like, nah, see, nah, I got these jelly beans, see, nah. We're just two dudes that came up with an idea and we said we should know more about the everyday world around us, like why are beer bottles the shape they are. In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the, anyone, anyone, the Great Depression. Get ready to take notes, boys and girls. It's another edition of the Not Historians Podcast, with your hosts, Desmond Dunn and Shalom Agulana. Welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about a very somber... Uh, milestone in American culture, I think, is the proper way to describe it. I agree. It's the day the music died. Now, Shalom, do you know what the day the music died is? Uh, I know it has something to do with driving a Chevy to a levee, but the levee was dry. That's right. Uh, um, of course you know, because it's, uh, as you mentioned, it's a folk piece. The folk anthem, uh, American Pie by Don McLean. That's what you're quoting there. Right. That is a song that most people, all people over 30 should know. But then most people have heard, you know, I drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Right. And good old boys was drinking whiskey and rye. And it, this will be the day that I die. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's actually really disturbing and somber. I agree well, with it you. Well, it is. It's a, it's a very, well, that's not the somber part. It's what's based on. Oh, right. Which, uh, being in West Texas, we are no strangers to the legend of Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly in Lubbock, where I went to college, uh, where Storm has gone many times because it's two hours away from us, uh, Lubbock is where Buddy Holly, you know, fame comes from. Like, they're like, right. Buddy Holly. And yeah, they got Buddy Holly Square. You see a statue of them. They got all kinds of stuff around there. Crickets. It's all huge stuff. You hear the music. You see it. They got festivals and things. So him, La Bamba. La, 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 la Bamba. That's right. Well, that Blue used Diamond to be Phillips, the jam. Spirit Animal. Yeah. I used to watch that movie all the time. Right? It's, good. it's a great film. But yeah. if you watched it, then you know what happened. Yeah. Uh, so he... Also was on this plane with Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper, which is like, hello, baby. You know that guy, the yeah. Chantilly Lace of the Prairie Fate? All right. If you've ever heard any of those songs, at this time in history, um, 1959, rock and roll was not in its infancy, but it's definitely in its toddler age. Yeah. It's not a big taking over the world. It's not a whole... Yeah, I mean, it's a big thing. There's obviously having shows and things. But it's not the massive machine that we know where they just turn out rock stars and you turn on TV and they're hosting their own damn shows just because they're like mid-level rock stars, like The Voice or whatever. Right. These dudes were having, think about this. He is touring in a goddamn bus with no heater with the guy that goes, hello, baby. And some kid that just had a hit. Uh, This is how close the scene was. This is, there's no. Yeah. Um. No divide, I guess. Yeah, not like today where like Metallica wants to tour so they get like a whole space shuttle to themselves to go wherever they're going. I mean, I feel like that's appropriate. And then a smaller little local band has to like walk there. Damn straight. Okay. <laughs> so that would be the normal way. Like the opening show is local and they have to just get there. Right. But the main show is going to come in. They get the house set up and they get to tune everything to their settings. And you pretty much going to play on their settings because you, you're not Metallica. Uh, right, <laughs> that's damn right. So that well, but that's the way it would be. And now, back in the day, apparently this was not how it worked. You all just rolled in together. Yeah, and I thought, you know, I thought that's kind of wild that they all rolled on a bus, but they couldn't, they couldn't get a better bus. I don't, I don't know what the hell is the problem. I mean, I guess they were making money. Touring is all about money, and I don't know how rich Buddy Holly was at the time. I don't think he was massively paid. Like even nowadays, I feel like even small time rappers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Get paid way more money than Buddy Holly ever saw. Yeah, probably, but, but I mean, uh, if you don't take an account for inflation, inflation. Uh, but here, here's another thing that I, I saw here in my research with this. Uh, it seems like there's a bit of um, uh, folks who want to blame the the industry, and part of the reason why they want to blame the industry is because 
Uh, Holly didn't want to go on this tour. Wanted to stop. Wanted to kind of... Well, he just got married. He had a kid on the way. Right. Wanted to slow down for a little bit. You know, take a break for a minute. And they were just going nonstop. And, well, this is getting... This is how artists make their money is touring mostly. Like, right. he had some money, but he wasn't going to be able to stop living off of just record sales of rock and roll in 1959. Well, I don't think that was the goal. I think the goal was to, to relax, to take a, a break for a minute and come back. You know, maybe maybe not, uh, maybe for a couple of weeks and then get back at it. Maybe, but, I mean, the the thing that got me was he was headlining this tour. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was the Winter Dance Party Tour, which is an awesome name. Uh, sounds like DDR. No, I mean, it sounds like a song on DDR, but it doesn't right. sound like... Fair enough. It doesn't sound like I would go to a show called the Winter Dance Party Tour. Like that's pretty. That's pretty badass as far as like a concert tour name goes. Because now we got like Vans off the wall, Lollapalooza, yeah. you know, back in the saddle. I'm like mm, Winter Dance Party. I feel like I'd have gone to this dance party and been disappointed. You would have been severely disappointed because I mean, uh, well, segregation. <laughs> So they were about halfway through this tour, and they were um, they were in Clear Lake, Iowa, uh-huh. and they were going to Fargo, North Dakota. <laughs> so if you've ever seen the movie Fargo, that's where they were going. Got gotcha. uh, Or the series. I actually like the series part. But anyway, uh, they got on this plane because, as you mentioned, they got this broke down tour bus. Yeah. Heater doesn't work. Nothing works. Get on it. Crashes. So I want to just run through the events here because we lost okay. three... Names. I'm not. I'm gonna say one big name, mm-hmm. one kind of under the radar name, and then you got Balance, who's just shooting up. Yeah. No, know where he would have landed. He may have been a one hit wonder kind of. Well, he wasn't a one because he had Donna too, but he may have not ever amounted to Buddy Holly fame. But he was definitely popular enough to be on this tour. But it was the same thing with Big Bopper. Yeah. Big Bopper was a DJ turned artist, did his own kind of thing, put yeah. his Texas flavor into it. But really, you also lose him. You lose a, somebody that was a big proponent of the genre that was spreading it. He was about all about playing these shows, all about getting radio play. He knew the system. He was working it. He was helping rock and roll grow. Yeah. It's such a big thing to me personally because I look at him like, when's the last time you seen three people, three names in a field, three giants? I don't want to say giants because I feel like that's probably wrong. Uh, no, I think it's accurate. But the point being that three people you can name hardcore and say these might be some of the best people in the game, like top 10, top 20 even. Now imagine losing three of them. One of the greatest at the time. As in, that, that, that's impossible. Imagine any sports league, any genre right now, any academic field, anything like that, losing like all three of its majors and not suffering catastrophic. Yeah, you, I don't think you can. I mean, I think that they definitely, or any industry losing that would suffer. I mean, you, yeah. it would change the game. It would change the face of the of the industry. And that's really what happened. I don't know if rock and roll fell down because of it or changed because of it or whatever, but it's definitely one of those watershed events where everything that was after it was different. Nothing was ever going to be the same again. Okay, yeah. Because no one was going to sound like Buddy Holly. <clears throat> You know, I mean, there's there's definitely copycat artists. Well, there's copycat know. artists, but no one had what he had. That's what I'm saying. They they didn't bring what. But there's a reason why there's Buddy Ollie and then there's copycats, and they don't have names. Right. They, if they, you know, if you imitate somebody well enough, you make your own name doing it. Yeah. That never happened with Buddy Holly. Now, personally, I'm not a huge Buddy Holly fan. We we're talking about this before the show. You like Buddy Holly a little bit. I mean, I do, you know. Uh, being in West Texas, we hear the music, so you're going to know one or two songs right. you like, and I assume that that's where you... See, I did the same thing. Uh, grew up, we have the the, like, the stations that play the Buddy Holly kind of music because it's popular. I like Johnny Rivers. I, there's nothing wrong with Johnny Rivers, but I mean, and and there's nothing, and that's not to say that you can you have to take anything away from Holly or anybody else in, no. in, that, in that genre, but I think that it's important. This story is important because you're, you're, you're right. It does talk about how we lost, we lost the direction of music at that time. Rock right. and roll. We, rock and roll took another direction, took another ship. Not, not to say that's a negative, but it's, it's the road less traveled now. Yeah. Well, I mean, but not even that. Just it's growing in its infancy. It gets to this level of being popular enough. And then all of a sudden the head's cut off. Right. That seems, I mean, there's other acts. Don't get me wrong. Elvis is a thing. I'm not saying all of that. But mm. especially in the South, you got the Bopper, you got te- you got West Texas with Buddy Holly, you've got Richie Valens, who's you know at, yeah. at, as a brown kid doing rock and roll. He has an audience down through the Southwest, like especially in this area. This is rock and roll for us, right? 
all the way up into the Midwest. Like, I get that in the South, Elvis is king. But in West Texas, no one beats Buddy Holly. That's the way it rolls. Hands down. We can't, we can't <clears throat> help it. We don't make the rules. I'm not saying that I like Elvis better. I ain't got no problems with that. But the point being, yeah. that's the way the world works, where we're at and for several hundred miles out. So this is a big event, especially locally for us. So we may get a little, you may go, well, what about this artist? What about, uh, you know, you got the Beach Boys out in California, girls. I mean, but that, they have impact on, on music. They come in a little bit later, too. My dad's right. huge. For all my nerdisms, if you ever want to do the histories of the Beach Boys guys, let me know. I will get my dad in here, and it'll be a three-week-long show. <laughs> I mean, he has autographed LPs. He collects tour shirts. He does he does the whole works on being the real, true, old-school fan of wow. buys old tickets and everything, you know. But I can see why, to somebody of that generation, why it's so important that you lose these people. Because for us, uh, we lost Biggie and Pac kind of back-to-back. Right. And even then, there was a gap. We didn't just, like, lose the whole game. I mean, that's true. But let's talk about, I mean, if we're going to talk about big losses like this, we also have to kind of consider, we're in the rock genre, uh, Metallica lost Cliff Burton. That's one person in one band. I mean, that's true. No, I'm not saying that's playing true. it down. I say you're right. But imagine, comparatively, imagine even losing, uh, like, Leonard Skinner, right? Yeah, okay. I mean, you even have a perfect clone in 38 Special. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're family. But the point being, they're like, Leonard Skinner goes down. That that's one of the biggest names in Southern Rock at the time. Can't do nothing about it. John Denver, uh, Aaliyah, mm-hmm. all these are plane crashes too. But the point being, you lose these people. They're all names. It's crazy to think what we what happened. I remember what happened when we lost the the one person, two people. Right. Uh, thing you were like, how's it ever going to be the same? Yeah. And then you come in like Jimi Hendrix. People talk about Jimi Hendrix now. Again, one guy, and it changed. It did change how mm-hmm. music went after it, but. Man, this is, you're talking about losing three legends. Well, I'll put it that way. That's a good word for it. Right. Three legends, man. Mm-hmm. Cannot believe how crazy it would be, how it would impact our world right now. If I can't even think, I'm trying to think of people that like, if they got on a plane and just, what it would do? Just pick, pick three of your top sports people. Like whoever your first round, your first round draft pick yeah. is, who's your like your third round draft pick and, and who, who's your utility player and then just, Imagine them dumping. Yeah, I mean, not even not even dying, just being took out the game. That's incredibly. It's game changing. You're right. Okay, it is. But let's you know what? Maybe we should get to the story. Let's get to the story. Well, uh, you know, before we do, we got a few shows that have been shouting us out. We're gonna run some ads here, guys, so you can hear about the cool shows. Come back. We're gonna get right into the story. This is the Secret Transmission Podcast. We are a podcast about the strange and unusual, the secret and the conspiracies, the fringe and the supernatural. We're a podcast that talks about weird things like number stations, the Bermuda Triangle, the Salem Witch Trials, time travel, the moon landing, the Zika virus, serial killers, cults, the deep web, UFOs, superstitions. We cover it all. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and Google Play. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Secret Transpod, at S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-P-O-D. Come listen to us try to explain the unexplainable. So, these guys were all playing this winter dance party tour. Right. And they were at the Surf Ballroom in Clear Lake, Iowa. Now, this was not an original stop on the tour. It was added very last minute. And they're like, you can get there, you can play. Now, at the time, they'd been in the bus that we were already talking about that was broke down, didn't have a good heater, stopped working all the time. And actually, Buddy Holly's drummer had got frostbite in his damn feet in the bus. Now, come on, man. Yeah, how cold does a bus have to be for you to get frostbite? I know that we, we can research that, but I mean, damn, you're on a bus. Yeah, the actual temperature is not important here. Right. What is important is that you are in an actual vehicle. With with, yeah. with people of name and repute. Right. And apparently it's cold enough in there. I get that it's, you know, the Midwest off the lakes or whatever, but your feet can freeze. No, no. that that No one should be touring in those conditions. I can't even. There's a funny side note. Uh, I don't know. It might be apocryphal. I'm just going to put it out there because I heard it. Um, As you know, Waylon Jennings and, and Tommy Alsop were members of Buddy Holly's band. Right. And they were supposed to be riding with him. And, uh, you know, after after it happened, Buddy Holly was like, man, this is crazy. 
He told the guys, you know what? I'm going to fly on to the next show. Because also, I got dirty underwear. Yeah. He's like, my dirty drawers, got, I got to wash before the next show. I got too much, like all this laundry packed up. I can't, I can't turn these inside out. I'm going to have to fly ahead of y'all. Right. I'll take some of your clothes. Give me what you got. I'm going to wash them. I'm going to rest up a little bit. Then we'll do the show. So pretty much because they had a crappy bus and Buddy Holly had dirty drawers. Yeah. History was forever changed. I mean, I feel like we shouldn't just hang it on that. No, I mean, but that's really the bus is why. If the bus had worked, you would have rolled in the bus. So, I mean, I wonder if somebody sued the bus company, though. I mean, really? Maybe maybe back then they didn't do that, but I, I feel like I really feel like they should have. And Man, I hope I they did. Because, I mean, that, that's bullshit. How are you going to have how are you going to have uh, conditions to where on, on your bus you're, you're you're charting around or chartering around these folks who are big names. They're big in the game. And you don't care enough about their health and well-being to provide adequate care. I'm, I'm going to put this out there. I don't like to speak ill to dead, but this is our show. We're discussing the topic. Felt like maybe Buddy Holly was a bit of an asshole because he, he had enough money to charter a flight. Now, I'm not saying the flight was super expensive, well, but was, he couldn't get the heater working on the bus well, for I, everybody. I think I, I think I, re, I recall seeing some somewhere in the research that it was about 36 bucks a person for the flight. So that's like three hundred bucks if in if you account for inflation. Okay, but that's like a thousand dollars then. Right. So you would pay a thousand dollars for us to, to charter a plane? No, no. I'm saying he wouldn't take a thousand dollars. He had a thousand dollars. Yeah. He couldn't get the heater fixed in the bus so that everyone didn't freeze. He was just like, Hey y'all, personally though, I gotta do some laundry. That's I'm not saying that's how it, it just comes off that way in the light. I can see uh, okay. it. Okay. And I wonder, did he ever do it or was he just like I imagine being that put out though. Yeah. You sitting there like my clothes is dirty. I've been riding around in this cold bus. People is getting sick all around me. I, yeah. I just want to get out of here. I wouldn't even think about it. I, I'll be honest. I don't think he was being rude, but it's a possibility. I just it popped in my mind. I wanted to explore it a little bit. So I thought, why not? Now the reason I bring up uh, his backup band, yeah. uh, Tommy Allsup and Waylon, of course Waylon Jennings, as we all know, also from, another legend from Dukes of Hazard. Mm-hmm. Yes, also from the area, obviously, but. Uh, so, there's a funny story. They were supposed to be the two on the plane. Uh, now, Waylon Jennings gave the bopper his seat because the bopper got sick. Right. And he was like, he needs to rest up. So, we could have lost Waylon Jennings, too, which at the time wouldn't have mattered, and we'd never know. But imagine now. <laughs> yeah, if, no, if, I agree. If we'd lost that. Because that's what, maybe what we lost to one of these people is a future Waylon Jennings. That's true. Good point. Because he was a backup dude at the time. Now, he had done some other stuff, but he wasn't... Waylon Jennings, Dukes of Hazard, right? A highwayman, you know, rolling with Willie Nelson and stuff. Um, and then this is maybe tragic. I sad. I I don't know how to put. I mean, what's the quantifier for the fact so, that that Tommy also loses his seat to Richie Valens in a coin flip? I mean, that's. I, I don't know if you can call that lucky or unlucky, but I mean, Tommy called it lucky. I, I mean, we're right. I mean, he really did later. We'll get to that, but. I mean, damn, that's that's profound because if you think about it, I mean, if you if you let all this weigh on you, you say, I could have been, that could have been me. You know, that could have been me. I could have been at the wrong place at the wrong time. But just that it was a coin flip. That's all that separated you from life to death. I think that would weigh more. Because I didn't get my, I wasn't like, take my plane, go. Yeah. I, I said, well, I want to fly. And you said, well, I want to fly too. I'm going, look, kid, we'll flip for it. Flip, put it on there. Looks like you hit the plane. That was it. If yeah. that coin had been like, if it, the air had been a little bit colder, there'd been a breeze a different way. Yeah. Right. You, the story would be different. You, well, I mean, but that would be your life at that time. Imagine, I'm just trying to figure out what it must have been like for Tommy afterwards. Afterwards, yeah. The aftermath of that would probably weigh heavily on him. I, I well, it did for Waylon Jennings, you know. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because the, isn't this the one where, where Waylon Jennings... Um, and, uh, Buddy, and Holly, Buddy Holly had that exchange of words, yes. the joke? Buddy where, Holly <laughs> says... Well, I hope your old damn bus freezes up. Yeah. And um, and Jenny says, uh, well, I hope your plane crashes. Yeah. And it's like, one, who the fuck says that? Well, they were joking. I've never said that to anybody in my life joking about, I hope your plane crashes. Well, not your plane crashes, but you've said plenty of other, I hope you get raped by sharks. You used to say that <laughs> okay. all the time. Okay. <laughs> we got to put some context on that. Um, one. But that's the point. That's the point. You were joking with friends. So that's, was he. That's fair. That's so fair. You, you don't really want somebody to get raped by sharks, but. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're right on that. No, piece. you don't really want someone to get raped by sharks. And he no. didn't really want the plane to crash. He's just right. like, when somebody says something to you and they're like, all right, Shalom, take it easy. And you're like, yeah, don't get raped by sharks. No one thinks you're like, so hold on though. But Are that, you raising mean, raping sharks? And you're like, <laughs> hope they don't sneak out of the dark. And but that doesn't, that doesn't equate to the same. I mean, and let me explain why. I think I, I see the parallel that you're trying to draw, but here's the problem with that. Uh, one, raping, getting raped by sharks is completely, completely an insane thought process. And, and, you know, clearly that's, that's a joke. But I definitely wouldn't say to anybody who's going out on a boat, hope your boat doesn't get, I hope you don't get lost at sea or, or I hope you get lost at sea or, um, I hope you get attacked by pirates. Well, if somebody, if you were getting on your car and they were like, hey, don't crash on the way home, you wouldn't say, I, I'd be like, why the hell did you say that? <laughs> Well, apparently you were you weren't a nineteen fifties rocker. You didn't have the same the same sense of humor. I, I guess you're right. Well, I don't know what they had, but you didn't have it. <laughs> yeah, you are you saying talent? Well, that too. But <laughs> uh, so the that's what happens. It's prophetic. They crash. Yeah. Sadly, you know, Waylon's got to live with that. And like I said, it does weigh on him because he's like, "Yo, why did I say that? Why did I say that?" Yeah. But I'm not like you're not like why well, it's not a thing you say. He's saying it like I could have said anything in the world. I had to say that. He didn't know. It's not like he went over there and was like unloosening the bolts and stuff. It was like ah ah, <laughs> snidely whiplashing. Ah. Um, oh man, okay, you're right. So we'll go ahead and run down the timeline maybe of yeah, this crash because it's, it's a little time frame. So you don't really need like a whole. We don't need to take thirty minutes, forty minutes just to do the timeline on this one. Not like DB Cooper where there's a lot of intricate little things. All right. So it's snowing. It's not too bad. The wind's up to 20, 30 miles an hour. Uh, the visibility is reportedly like six miles. Yeah. So that's how far. I'm guessing that's how far you can see on the ground. I don't know how that translates to the air, planes, anything like that. So anyone who's trying to that, they can. And I, I got that all off of Wikipedia. So we're, we're there. So at uh, 12.55, mm-hmm. the plane is taking off. And this is at night. It's taking off the runway. And the, the owner of the charter service watched the plane cross the horizon. And then the pilot missed his radio check. And they kept trying to get him back on the radio, and he just never did. Mm. And the next morning, he flew out, and about five and a half miles out from the runway where they had taken off, they found the wreckage. Uh. So that's literally, don't know what exactly happened. Yeah. But the right wing had struck the ground going about 170. Yeah. Yeah. And that made the plane tumble like yeah. as you can imagine, like you came in, you hit the right wing, and then it just pinwheels mm-hmm. uh, and rolls, and every, I'm sure it did every flip imaginable. It's just a horrible. Um, the pilot's body was still in the wreckage when when they found it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cause of death was, of course, gross trauma to the brain. He just instant death. Yeah, because you can't hit things at 170 miles an hour. You can't. It's it's just. I, <laughs> not without not without I, proper gear. Like I'm not what. I have no idea what to say to that. Yeah. Um, other than you're right. You can't. I mean, wow. And now the, in a, I guess in a tributary, maybe morbid, I don't know, maybe in a money grubbing sort of way, the Winter Dance Party Tour continued as planned. Which f- fucking irritates me to, to even hear that. I mean, I- I'm sorry. You you cancel the show. You cancel the show, is my, in my opinion. The show must go on. No. Yeah, they had Waylon Jennings actually fill in for Buddy Holly. Yeah, I, I know, and and that's that's the thing. I feel I feel like maybe that was a um, maybe there was some sort of tribute there. Yeah, and uh, you know what's funny is uh, some people have mentioned it. This this tragic event actually launched other careers. It this did. may have actually helped Waylon get his performance afterwards. I think he only did like one or two shows, maybe three afterwards. Mm-hmm. But people saw it and recognized that he was okay on his own too. No, he did yeah. some other stuff, but this kind of made him a little popular because, of course. He had to and be. being American, well, being an American culture, being an American legacy kind of thing. What happens the moment we hear somebody dies? Go look at iTunes. What happens? Record sales. Oh, yeah. So they got this tour going on. Buddy Holly's supposed to be there. Big Bopper's supposed to be there. Richie Valens is supposed to be there. It's supposed to be in your city. You hear the show still on, but you know they're dead. I bet they couldn't sell tickets fast enough. Really, you think? Oh yeah, because well. I mean it's just like the albums. Like, why you're not going to buy tickets to go to the next show? They just but when Whitney Houston died, yeah. Michael Jackson died, okay, Merle Haggard, like record sales just it's crazy. Really, it's a valid point. 
So I, since at the time, I would imagine that's the closest thing you could get to streaming audio is having a show in your town. Yeah. I'm betting people were driving from around to see it. I mean, that's just, that kind of rubs me wrong. Like you were saying, you canceled the show. I couldn't imagine just being like, oh, I got to go see this. Yeah. I, I can't either. You said, said like, what, what? It's not no. even, I don't even know why it's morbid, but it's just morbid. I mean, it, it is. I mean, it's, you're not, so I, so I think that that, that kind of touches based on the fact that I was talking about earlier that the industry may have been what pushed them to this point. You know, they were tired. They were frustrated. They didn't really want to do this next show. They wanted to maybe take a break. But instead, I think the industry maybe had something to do with the the winter show continuing. I mean, I'm sure that somebody said, well, the show's got to go on, but no one can make you get up there. I mean, other people would quit along the way because of the conditions. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. The cause of the crash was ruled something like uh, pilot overconfidence. I think that was the Civil Aeronautics Board. Wow. Because the, the kid that was flying it, he was only 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he'd been flying for about four years, which sounds really crazy to me. But I guess okay. it's not that weird. I, mean, I guess not. No. Uh, and he had flown a charter for one of those years already. So it wasn't like this is just day one on the job. Yeah. Buddy Holly's going to be your first flight. Uh, he was familiar with the plane, but he was not really familiar with just the instruments. Like, you have instrument only flying. Mm-hmm. Which is where you just fly based on what's in your cockpit, the instruments, not visibility and stuff. Yeah. He wasn't certified for that. Hmm. Uh, in fact, the charter service wasn't certified for that. Ah. Uh, and he'd actually failed the practical on that. Ah. Okay. Yeah, his check ride, which is where you get the ride along and people make sure. Yeah. yeah, he'd had the one nine months before. Failed it already. So maybe you're studying hard, but it definitely seems like this... I don't know why the charter guy from uh, Dwyer Surf Flying Services uh-huh. didn't have his ass in the seat flying this plane. Yeah. Just because the kid's not rated, not because of Buddy Holly. Because maybe he wasn't that big of a deal that somebody you just get a special pilot. But uh, you definitely don't send somebody not certified into blowing snow with uh, exactly my point. six mile visibility, I feel like. Uh and it's so he he and then what's worse is the instruments that they had in the plane yeah. were different than the, even the instruments he had trained. Right, I had seen something like that. So he was he was flying upside down. That, no, let me rephrase. Like so, he was he instead of instead of ascending, he was he was uh, what is that declining? The pitch descending? altitude. Yeah, yeah the descending. pitch of the plane. The pitch altitude is way different than the one he had in what he had trained on. Like I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, the diff- I looked up the dials because of this, because it was such a point that people kept repeating. Yeah. And I thought, well, you know what? There's one way to know. If a layman like me who's not taking ground school, has no instrument training, doesn't care about flying planes, can look at it and see, then obviously the pilot should know. Right. And then I realized there is one big difference. Uh, he had a Spiri F4 uh, in the plane that was there that night. And it has the black on top and the white on bottom for Going up and down. Now, this is an older model, but that's how you could tell where you're riding your horizon line. Right? Yeah. Tells you what your pitch is and stuff, where you're at, and what's up, what's down. Yeah, pitching y'all, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't know. You're, you're the Air Force guy, so you <laughs> you did J, uh, JROTC. You tell me. Now, that seems pretty straightforward, right? You know which way's up, which way's down. Right. Okay. But the one that he had trained on was brown and white or black and white, and it had sky blue and it was flipped with the mm. blue on top and the brown and black on the bottom. Huh. So, uh, I couldn't find a reference model for it, I'll be honest. But around here, we have the English Field Museum, yeah. the, uh, what's the other one? Trainwinds Air Museum. Uh, Denver's got the, I've been to other air museums and stuff and I'm uh, fascinated by these things. I don't care about flying. Fascinated by the mechanics. Yeah. So I looked it up, and I'm pretty sure just by looking through a timeline of these, like, whatever they're called, I don't know what the name of the machine, the little instrument is. Do you know? Which It tells the horizon up, down. No. Okay. Sorry, I forget the name of it. <laughs> but I looked it up, and I looked at the picture. Yeah, they're pretty much flipped to what this goddamn instrument that he trained on is. <laughs> so it does seem like if you got too far sideways, like maybe the wind, you got a crosswind or something, and he's like, oh, shit, where am I? And he looked at it, he's like, I got to go. I got to go up. I'm upside down. Oh, God. Yeah. 
Yeah, he might have just dove into the ground. I don't know how fly, how high he was flying. Yeah. Uh, but uh, That's just 100 and, 170 miles an hour, they hit the ground is what the aeronautics board said. So, mm. Jesus. Um, also, crazy enough, I really blame the... I don't think the pilot is his fault. Again, I said, you know, why isn't the proprietor of this flight service? And more involved in this. Yeah, I agree. Because <clears> one <throat> of the things that the board also noticed was... They're not sure that anyone ever told his kid what the conditions were like. That they were like, "Oh, you'll be fine. Don't worry. You don't can worry do about it. it. You can make this." So, so what? So, so the tower never the flight plan, like his flight plan that he gave to the tower that he filed, like, never told him. Oh, by the way, your condition's going to worsen. Yeah. Along the way, and so yeah. I mean, it's just bad all the way around. I mean, and it's and and it's these type of things, these type of inconsistencies, these. Um, these holes in the, in the, or rather gaps that lead to a lot of uh, conspiracy theories, right? Well, it is. And it's funny that you say that because in 2015, the National Transport Safety Board mm-hmm. got a request to reopen the crash uh, based on the possibility rather than being caused by the crash, he had an attempt to land the plane after a mechanical issue mm. and it crashed. Um now, there were a bunch of other theories, like you were saying, conspiracy theories. Some are way out there. Some are less. Um, yeah. We can we can run through a few of those. You know a few of them, right? I know a few of them. Yeah, I know a couple of them. All right. Why don't you start off with one? So, this one is, I think, is utterly ridiculous. Bernie Sanders is Buddy Holly. Oh, but Bernie Sanders is Buddy Holly. Yeah. So Because they, they look similar or something? I, I think it's, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm just wondering. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I mean, it makes it's utterly ridiculous. Aren't there photos from Bernie around that time, though? <laughs> but maybe those are Larry David. I don't know. Damn. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, speaking of Buddy Holly, uh, there's a crazy one, too, because Buddy Holly, being from West Texas, we do not find his odd. He had a gun on the plane. It doesn't surprise me. No. No. Not, private not plane right now, everyone in Texas has a gun. It, yeah, no, I'm, 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 not really. But I mean, right? It, you'd be hard pressed to find a flight of like five Texans in a private jet that didn't have a gun. Right. At least ninety percent of the time. Let's go with that. I don't know what those numbers break down to. <laughs> so one in five, ninety percent of that. I mean, uh, why not? Yeah. So anyway, he had a gun on the plane, and he apparently either tried to commit suicide by shooting the pilot. Yeah. Okay. Or. Or shooting someone else on the plane. Or shooting the plane. Apparently, he was just... He decided he had enough of this world. I, I mean, I, I guess... But why? You know? I don't know. I mean, that, that that to me seems outlandish. Because he's married. Newly married. Has a kid. You don't know what's in that man's life. I mean, that's true. But at the same time, these are things that... You know, he's newly married. His wife is pregnant, rather. And... I mean, he's making a lot of money. I get it. The stress of the of the maybe, money. I mean, maybe people say Elvis did it. Marilyn Monroe did it. Michael Jackson did it. Prince did it. True. Tupac and Biggie are living on an island. Like, I, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really think that. I don't. I think that was an outlandish idea too. I mean, it was but a, anyway, yeah, because <clears> they found a they found a gun on the crash site that belonged to Holly. People mm-hmm. think that maybe he shot somebody. And that's oh. what caused the plane to crash. Was he, he shot the pilot, and then you couldn't tell because they all jangled up. Well, but but the pilot was found on the plane. He was on the, the plane, one. but that doesn't mean he wasn't. <laughs> True, but 170 miles an hour. He might have had a few extra holes punched by some debris. Yeah, it's a good point. So, but the point being that he might have. They were saying he might have even missed and like punctured the plane. Oh yeah, which I don't think you can depressurize a small like prop. No, but, but people don't know that, so they 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 just make up these theories. Uh, what else you got? Um, Hugo Chavez was Richie Valens. Oh, actually, I actually did see like a whole YouTube video on this one. Like they did the the uh, the fake Paul McCartney. Yeah. Uh, where they did the facial reconstruction, then like measurements, the facial measurements, and they were like computer recognition, like if. We, Richie Valens had a computer vault like Richie Rich. Uh, Hugo Chavez <laughs> would be able to get into it because he got the same measurements. Ridiculous. Like, but, you know, I mean, uh, I guess. Uh, whatever. Okay. No, you sure. think. Uh, George Jones was the big bopper. That, that one cracks uh, me up. Uh, really? Like, uh, come on, man. Yeah, I figured there would be, like, better, I don't know, theories of uh, oh, what's going on. Oh, I, 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 
There's always the, the classic. Uh-huh, it was that? fake. All three of them. They, <laughs> apparently just the pilot kid. They just killed a 21-year-old. Crashed a plane. Parachuted out D.B. Cooper style. Shout out to D.B. Cooper. Or never got on the plane and they, they, they put three other poor bastards in there or whatever. And they lived out the rest of their lives in anonymity because it was too strong for all of them. The fame. The, I mean. All three of them couldn't take the fame. I, I'd like to believe that one, but I'm not crazy. Well, because they live. Yeah. yeah. But that's it. Um, oh, and then I guess you have to go with the second standard one. Oh, they were, what's that? Murdered by the government, a cult, or the mob. Oh, you know, that was the most accurate out of all of these. Right, like Buddy Holly had some gambling dips. I mean, right? No. (laughs) But it's easier to believe than any of the others so far. I mean, I really do, um, if if I'm going down the timeline, I've been trying to find uh, which one I think would be the most believable. I think that uh, the most believable here is that Bernie Sanders, his Buddy Holly. Is it? Yeah, the most believable. Of course, that's, would he reveal it though when he got elected president? I mean, if he got if he had been elected president, would he have come out? You know, he might have, might have. He would have got up there with the guitar and started singing. Yeah, I feel like that would have happened. Yeah. But well, this is absolute sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just I'm wondering because again, we're just running down the timeline because yeah. you have to. We're trying to put you in the place and then see what happened. Like it's a very quick event. They take off the runway. Mm-hmm. It crashes. It's it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's six miles out. That's less than the visibility that they've been told there was. So it's incredibly insane that this happened. Just the whole confluence of events that they got this crappy bus, a broken heater. Yeah. And then you're flipping a coin. And you get a ride from a guy who's like, you're sick, take my spot. And the next thing you know, well, they're building giant Buddy Holly glasses on the side of the road. is a commemorative yeah. uh, memorial for the guy because he died in a cornfield. Like It's not like somebody came out and took them out. It's not like they had some battle with some disease. Yeah. It's, it's, to me, I couldn't imagine it happening today. That's why I'm so interested in this. It's a, it's a very small thing. It's a quick, I mean, like, the actual wreck itself is over in seconds. Well, yeah. But the things that lead up to it and everything that changed after it, that's what's so crazy is if the bus had had a heater, yeah. Buddy Ollie might have lived for a long time afterwards. Richie Valens might still be around. Right. If they'd had a laundry mat along the way. Mm. They had access to proper medical care, and that's why a lot of these things nowadays. Have you seen the riders that some of these bands have, like to perform? Yeah, and I get that these guys aren't big, huge names, but even I mean, have you ever helped with bands that have come locally? Even I have just here, and they're not big name bands. I'm talking like little bands that nobody knows. Mm -hmm. They still get treated like royalty, right? It's a big deal. I mean, like if you needed if you needed Benadryl or whatever that they needed, or even a doctor. You came in here and you're playing like a three night show or one night show. Somebody would run off, yeah, and find you a doctor, even a flop house. Somebody's gonna run to like Walgreens, right? And it's just to take care of your artists. I agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you want to make them feel there. You're making money. They're making money. Mm-hmm. Like there's a respect that goes into it. And I feel like they probably had it. This is also a sign of the times, right? But man, I, the thing that gets me is somebody had frost. On the damn bus. Yeah, see, that's ridiculous. How do you get frostbite on the tour bus? And, and I mean, the, the winter conditions were um, were pretty rough. Oh, no, they were. That, that year, I know that they were very bad. But my point being that, like, they didn't send them no extra blankets. Yeah, I'm with you. Some hot hands, something. I mean, a space heater that you plug in, a battery. Yeah. I mean, anything. Something, yeah. It just seemed so jacked up. And then again, getting on this plane, you're expecting to be a quality plane. It's a flying service. Yeah. And it's not, I get that they're, they're in North Dakota, okay? They're going from Iowa. I expect you to be able to fly in some snow, light snow. I'm sorry. I, I can, For the I can area. I mean, like, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, Alaska or Montana. People fly in and out all the time. Yeah. We expect you to be able to fly. Right. When you go to North Dakota, we expect you to be able to fly a plane. I mean, if you can't, then, you know, And the, these conditions should not be impossible for you. Right. But the fact that this guy, this kid, didn't have... Any of the stuff checked out. Yeah. The flying plane tells me that that was not the service that you should have been flying on. That I hope they got shut down. Well, I don't, I don't care if it anyone. I don't care if it been anyone. Mm-hmm. If that if anyone had died or even been injured, I would want them shut down because that's crazy. Well, yeah. But to think that it costs us because of this Bud Dwyer, whoever I don't think that's his name. That was a reference to something you don't get. Anyway, <laughs> Andy Dwyer and company. 
<laughs> also, from, yes. from from the office. No, no, okay. Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah, definitely don't. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't know, that's why I'm like I'm lo- I'm losing him. Lose me. I think that to have something that minute to just have this guy's stupidity and greed is what I feel like it is. Change forever the course of American music, of rock and roll as a worldwide phenomenon, and then Americana. Because yeah. Don McLean's song, I don't know if you, you, we were talking about it earlier. I don't know if you know what it's about, but he's lamenting that in the 10 years since they've died, music just didn't happen. Like, they just had bands pretending to be them and trying to pick up where they left off and yeah. doing stuff. And no one's actually come forward to push music in the direction. Yeah. To continue what rock and roll was supposed to be. And then it does. I mean, it just, the wall kind of breaks. Right. You, but you, it takes several years for it to get back together just because, I mean, you lost three people who were shaping it. Yeah. Buddy Holly was like at the spearhead. Whatever he was doing was going to be the thing that other artists wanted to do. Richie Valens is leading a whole different movement. He's young, he's Latino. You know, he's making it, he's singing these ballads, he's got a powerful voice. Yeah. He's just pushing out there. He might have been the first Justin Bieber. Alright? But it just didn't work out. And Bopper, the Bopper is crossing that whole thing. Like he's pulling the Kanye. He's he's stepping from behind the mic and the production areas and the DJ and coming in and performing. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna I don't think he ever would have been big, but he had hit songs. He knew what people liked. He was able to push rock and roll in the direction of what he knew, the industry, the studios, the radio play, radio stations, everyone liked that. Yeah. Wanted. So he was getting the music out to the people. So, I mean, that's talent. Yeah, it is a talent. That's what I'm saying. He definitely had a talent. People yeah. pick on him for not being the greatest musician. Fine. But he was definitely doing something in addition to that. He's doing multiple things. He was wearing all that. He's like Russell Simmons, you know. Yeah. His hands are in everything. So I feel like. It's such a strange event because we, we don't live in that world. We live like in a weird alternate history where they all three die. Yeah. And somewhere out there, there's a universe. Not really. I don't know how I feel about this. We'll get into that some other. <laughs> but somewhere out there, there's a, there's a world maybe where they all three lived. And music sounds completely, completely different, different than what it does now because one of them had a hit song in their head that they never got out. Right. Or became this famous actor or discovered somebody or helped develop other people that just never got to that level because they were gone. So I wonder what the music would have sounded like. I mean, I wonder what the direction... I don't direction. know. The robot overlords have taken over that world by now. Right. That's the sad part of that. Yeah. Small place, small price to pay, though. I think. Mm. Like. So, we'll get in fun to some extra information because we talked about how the crash happened, what they found at the crash, what the crash cost us, right? what maybe potentially cost us, why it happened. So, um... Buddy Holly, we were talking about his wife and his kid and stuff. It's coming. This is horrible. Uh, this is one of the things, though, that is historical. Like, why it changed in the future, just even minutely. His uh, his wife was Maria Ellen. And she was pregnant at the time, like we were saying, they crashed. Right. Um, she had a, she had a miscarriage. Uh, so, there's not a, a Holly child. But it was probably because of the shock. And the, the, the fear and everything, the stress that overcame her at the news of his death. Yeah. Because at the time, they didn't notify families first. They didn't go find your next of kin and just tell them. So she heard it through somebody else, through the news, through the radio. Which is terrible. So because of it, mm-hmm. many law enforcement agencies, because it killed Buddy Ollie's kid. Yeah. Put his wife through that after losing her husband. Right. They, they institute the policy of notifying the families first. That's one of the main factors. I'm not saying this is the only reason why, but yeah. this is one of the big bullet points. They're like, look, this woman lost her child, and it was Buddy Holly's child. Like, There's not a uh, continuing to his legacy because some asshole went and told the newspapers first. Right. That's kind of crazy. I mean, but to the same token, we couldn't say that she wouldn't have had the same shock. With, no, no, um, I can't say that. But um, <clears throat> the, 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 being but the time that it was... Do you want to be responsible for that? I mean, of all the bad things that are happening, it's not over. Like, yeah. now you have to count this kid as part of the chain of deaths out of this. We already got four people. Right. That's a good point. Three of them are this one young kid that just got married, was flying planes, trying to make a living. And now Buddy Holly's child maybe passed because they scared the shit out of his wife by coming and 
not telling her first. Yeah, I agree. That's pretty, um, pretty crappy. Now, you know what's funny is we're talking about uh, his bandmate and Tommy also. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you had the question that I had when I saw that name. What question? Allsup's. I did have a question about Allsup's. Is he the owner of Allsup's? No, he's not even the founder. Like, I have the what? question because uh, over here in the southwest from Texas uh, into New Mexico, I'm pretty sure. I think so. Uh, we have gas stations that are like 7-Elevens or whatever. Little chain of stores called Allsup's. Allsup's. Always up. You know, uh, all's up. So, I went and looked at it. No. Uh, has nothing to do with the convenience stores. <laughs> uh, but he was the last member of the crickets, Tommy Alsace. I was look, researching this and I looked up. He actually passed in January. He uh-huh. was the last member of crickets, huh? the, the Buddy Holly's band to die. So mm-hmm. that's it. Uh, now, when I told you that he did uh, consider himself lucky, yeah, he actually opened up a saloon or a venue. Uh, it was called a saloon, so that's why I said saloon. He opened up a, a music venue type place, uh, and he named it in honor of the coin toss that saved his life. Yeah. And killed Richie Mount. So it's kind of weird. Uh, and it was called the Heads Up Saloon. Yeah. Wow, well, okay. So I feel like that's very rock and roll to name it after an event that almost killed you. I mean, yeah. And he actually had a pretty good career afterwards. So, I mean, all these guys went on to fame. That's why I'm saying I can't help but feel like them being the backup bands, and mm-hmm. even though they were fairly well known, come on, uh, these the main headliners just would have been so much. Oh man, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he worked. He worked with uh, all kinds of people. He worked with Bob Wills. Uh, so I didn't Bob know that. Wills in his Texas playbook. I, the only reason I have any interest in like Western swing, mm-hmm. or I know about these old Western bands and stuff like that, and I'm into mean, this type of music because normally this would not be the music that I think I would have found them on. Yeah. Was my grandmother was a, a studio, a session clarinetist. Really? I didn't yeah. know it. Yeah, what so are the new things played, about you? She uh, she played with Bob Wills and, yeah. and those kind of people. And uh, when they would come in and they would play on the local radio stations, mm-hmm. yeah, back in like the 30s, 40s, she would, she would go and play for them. Like she was one of the people that would sit in there. Awesome. She has one recording with somebody famous, and I can't remember. I have a copy. I have an LP somewhere. I'll play it for somebody sometime. But that's all it. Right. But uh, uh, Western Swing and all that, which is where this all came from. Like Buddy Holly really developed from the roots here. You know what we call Red Dirt now. Yeah. Red Dirt Country. Buddy Holly helped shape that even because he gave it that kind of rockabilly sense. Yeah. And it's such a crazy confluence. I mean, I think anyone that lives here, if you're not checking out the history of the music scene, you're really missing a lot because it really comes in and. Changes whole direction because we have this whole singing cowboy western swing bullshit, which isn't bad music. It's just so much different than what you hear today. Right. It's like this big band meets a cowboy on the prairie and John Wayne's going to tell him how to sing. And then, <laughs> he, uh, you know, Will Rogers type. Well, I mean, Will Rogers is big here. And that's what I'm saying. Like the singing cowboy. Yeah. Will Rogers is in Lubbock has statues. But then there's Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly got a whole, you know, square to himself. Yeah. That's how big the difference is. Like. We are we are hip with those country swing. That's true. Buddy Buddy Holly just changed the game on everyone and what? gave us southern rock as we know it. Like that's that's just the deal. I love southern rock. I grew up on it. My dad's a big fan. I'm a big fan. Whatever. Nothing wrong with that. Um. So did you find out anything interesting? Um. No. I, I actually I didn't find anything interesting on this story on this show other than the uh, uh, the cost of the seats per person <laughs> were thirty six bucks and I kind of touched on that earlier. Really? Yeah. 36 bucks at the time, but when adjusted for inflation, that's around $300. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There were, you know what? Now that you mention it, I was going to say there was a, there was, who's the other headliner from, uh, uh, from the show, from the Winter Dance Party show? Uh, Dion, right? Yeah, that's right. Dion. Dion, uh, uh Demucci, right? Something like that. <laughs> he didn't want to pay that much. Oh, why would I? Yeah. I mean, well, technically, I think Buddy Holly had already paid for everyone else's seats. Yeah. Because they were supposed to be his band members. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this guy was like, no, I'm not going to pay that. That's the only reason. We could have lost four people oh, headlining man. a tour. Yeah. So, that wow. would be insane. Like, uh, I don't know this guy. I don't. I'm sure he's singing songs that I know. I just don't. I don't know anything about him. Yeah, man. I'm not, I'm not hip to that. Uh, oh, if you want to look more into the flight itself. Uh, the registration number for that plane was N3794N. That's it. Um, yeah. Oh, Bobby V. Do you know Bobby V? My mom was a Bobby V fan. Uh, the only Bobby V I know is Bobby Valentino. 
Um, he actually got his big break, Bobby V, playing the show the day after the crash. Damn. Yeah, the tour went on, and the very next day he was at, he was one of the artists that they called in mm-hmm. to play. And he continued, I think, for the rest of the tour. Yeah. And he became pretty famous. I think he even sells those uh, Time Life records. Really? Or he used to. I don't know if he's even alive now, but he used to be one of the dudes that would be like the Time Life Collection. Are you serious? I I never know. Sometimes I, I'm up at late at night and those those infomercials. I'm gonna come on. I'm gonna Google right now because we have time. If there's anything else you want to run down or tell people now that the show is ended, all right, ended. We've ended the main topic. Yeah. No. Uh, the only thing else I wanted to uh, make mention of is that Buddy Holly's band uh, considered Jennings or consisted of Jennings on bass, Alsop on guitar, Carl Bunch on drums, and Frankie Sardo on backup vocals. They were not the crickets as you occasionally hear. Buddy Holly and the crickets stopped playing altogether three months earlier. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, Bobby V died in October of last year. Man. So he was one of the guys that was on there. Uh, I didn't know because uh, I was just... He sings the, the song like Rubber Ball. Rubber Ball. You know, okay. Never mind. Take, <laughs> take good care of my baby. You okay, know. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Night Has a Thousand Eyes. Like yeah. He sings these songs. I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, growing up, my mom would play like that. My dad, my dad didn't, my dad played like Leonard Skinner in the Beach Boy. Yeah. So, uh, it was a very different kind of way life term because it gave us Bobby V, who did have a pretty successful career. Yeah. Not saying he was as big as these guys, but who knows? So it's just this weird overall story that just, we don't, we talk about strange things and we talked about the mystery of DB Cooper, which I think is pretty out there, but this yeah. seems so much stranger to me because I sit here and wonder what world will we live in if the plane just landed. And I think that's that's a question that is on everybody's mind. Whoever heard, whoever knows about the day the music died. I mean, it's not an uncommon question. But we, and the difference here is that this is something that we already know that right. the landscape would have been changed. Yeah, you know it. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's not a question of if. I think it's the question, question is how. how. Yeah. yeah. And to sit here and be like, man, would we even have genre, would even, would new genres of music exist? Because would they have taken it somewhere? Because all of these guys were doing something new. Yeah. Well, they were all pioneering rock and roll at the time. But the pioneering never stopped, though. That's the thing. No, it, it never stopped. Stop. But the thing is, did it ever continue in the direction that they were taking? And eventually, I want to say, yes, it did. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that Whaling did a great job, obviously, because he became huge, huge star. Right, one of my favorite people, but I, I, I mean, I, I feel the same way. Like I was saying with Biggie and Pac, like the game was incredibly set back. Yeah, by losing Biggie. I mean, you're a Pac man. I'm not. I'm, I'm absolutely not a Biggie fan. But I feel like lyrically, just what he brought to was so iconic, was so East Coast. And we'll get into his story and their story yeah. at some point in the future. I do have to. I do have to say this. I do respect uh, Biggie's imp- and um, his his impression that he left on, on, he, the, on the that's genre. what I'm saying but it wasn't just him that's what people that's, this is what I'm saying I think that probably people feel I don't have the same connection to these three mm-hmm. the, but Biggie I do because he, everything that came before him I was alive for that part yeah. you know what I'm saying so I hear like KRS I hear like Busy B I hear all of them come together and flow into him in all of his delivery and style and cadence and references and everything and to lose that, it was like finally everything had been tied up into one person who could spearhead this movement yeah. and take it somewhere and make it the predominant genre. Like East Coast rap is okay. a genre of rap. People that don't know, it could have been, it could have blown huge at that time. And it was, it was exploding. And then he's gone. And because of that, we have, we okay. never know, <laughs> well, we never know how big it could have gotten, like how far that influence could have pushed. Now it's pushed farther over, of course, because you got Jay Z, right. you know what I mean? You got Nas, you got people that came DMX, in. DMX. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you got, that's what I'm saying, but like he comes in and even brings that Southern influence. And I'm just saying, you get so much. I mean, Wu Tang's there, Gangstar. I understand, like the influence changes and flows throughout the deal. But could the same be said for what happened on this flight? Yes. I mean, obviously, I mean, but I don't, I don't know enough. This is why being not historians isn't always so great, guys. We can't tell you what music was like in that moment. Yeah. What was, what was going on? Were these guys really that big of a deal? I mean, we hear them, and I feel in some ways their legends being conflated because they died in this crash. 
But at the same time, I know how big Buddy Holly is because, I mean, sometimes you can't turn a corner in certain cities without seeing Buddy Holly, Buddy Holly, Buddy Holly. Right. And these are not like little bitty towns with nothing else to do. These are 30,000 student college towns with metal complexes and a billion other things that they can be proud of. Yeah. But they're pushing Buddy Holly. I mean, I think it's respect. It is respect. But I mean, at the same time, it just tells you like that's how big he actually was. We're not conflating it just because of this. Well, and I think, you know, there are a lot of artists that that fit the mold. I know I I was reading something about Jimi Hendrix. Uh, Jimi was trouble. But at the same point in time, uh, he he was... uh, he was brilliant with the music. Oh, yeah. No, no. That's what I'm saying. It's like, were these guys at that level? We never knew. Like, Jimi Hendrix, would he have burned out? No. I, I mean, so. we don't know. We don't. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You don't know. True. You don't know. Kurt Cobain. Don't know. Yeah. Never know what what happened with any of these people. And to lose three in one event in yeah. such a young genre. Like, right now, rock and roll loses people. We talked about this. Uh, you were talking about Metallica changing uh you know, I'm a big ACDC fan, too. Oh, uh, yeah. That's my... That's, of all the old rock, whatever, ACDC's the only band, you know, I will stand up and defend, like, to the nail. They lost Bon Scott. Uh, all this is the same. Now we lost... I don't even want to talk about Axl Rose being... Anyway, it's just how in the world... A little, little bitter about that, I see. How in the world <clears throat> does music change so heavily on one person, but then to lose three... And I think that you just you just mentioned something that's real, real paramount and profound. Music changes even with the loss of one person. I mean, we talked about you just you just touched on briefly ACDC's changes. Uh, I mentioned Cliff Burton, the change um, uh, from Metallica when they lost Cliff Burton. There's a change in the music. Yeah. There was a change in the music when Jason Newstead left. Right. You know, no, and, there's there's always changes in the music, but. Are there changes in the genre? And I feel like that's what we get with this event. Mm. To hear one man's music change, to a fan is life altering. Right. To see a whole genre put on pause changes everything. Because in a lot of ways, we don't, I mean, history doesn't happen in a bubble. I keep saying this off the it's air. True. I'm saying it on the show for once. History doesn't happen in a bubble. One of the reasons we look at these events is how would this have changed everything? Like, if they've been playing these parties, None of these guys were like heavy segregationists. They were all about being like, let people in. Right. We want to make money. We'll be real honest, but that's fine. Yeah, would it have helped if Buddy Holly had been out there saying, we don't let, we don't let everyone in the shows. Yeah. Now you have a, a figurehead just like Elvis. Like saying it. Yeah. If you have somebody this big saying it, does it not help your cause? Does it not change? I think it does. People's opinion, and we lose that. So it changes everything. It doesn't just change. That we didn't get more songs from this person. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just change that the genre didn't develop into what it could have. It just happens. It rotates out. And like life. Our lives are different because this plane crashed. It's true. And that's why the show is important. That's why I love doing the show. Is because I find all these small events like Cursive. We talked about it. Mm-hmm. Like I have to make my shapes a certain way. I've always thought that I write my letters the way I write them. They're not like anyone else's. Nope. But the truth is... I still conform to a standard that somebody gave me. And music does the same thing. And because these guys are gone, we're conforming to something that should have been something else. That's that's pretty deep, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm almost, sorry. This is why I got really excited about doing this episode. I mean, it's almost like you're saying that the music music is the matrix. Kind of. You know, in I, sense. I mean, everything's a matrix. That's what I'm saying. Like, right. everything's connected. Butterfly flaps swing type deal. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of any of these guys. That's the scary thing. Mm. Uh, but the event just, it gripped me more than any other we've done because I was like, man, I can see all the changes. Changes to the FBI. Yeah. Changes to, uh, you know, airport protocol. Changes to the way you write your hand. Uh, influenced entire ways of speech and phrases. Right. We've done all these things. Board game, Monopoly. But to have this, this rippled out into, I don't even know what all this changed. And, and we can't know. No, you know, no, no, you can't. There's, there's no but, way to know. But the, th- but the fact of feeling that, like, not many people I feel like actually know the story, mm-hmm. let alone contemplate the possibility. I mean, and I feel like that's what we. I mean, that's what one thing we do on the show is we bring we bring that that to to the uh, to the fold here. We bring. I mean, it's an alternate history, is what it is. Yeah, and I mean, uh, this show's been more conversational than others. But one, we got a new mic, so we sound a lot better than we did in the last show where we had issues with that mixer. Truth. And then also, the thing is. I think this is a more philosophical episode because we can go through the events. They're very bread and butter, though. Right. 
Three guys, bad bus, get on plane, plane crashes. Nothing to investigate, nothing to do. We've told you the story. But the question is, have you ever questioned how history impacts you every day? Because this is a prime example of how everything in the world, American life, is different different because of one event. Right. So, I mean, that's it. That's all. Yeah. And and I think we'll talk about something more, or rather, we'll expand on this topic more when we talk about time travel. Yeah. I mean, that's going to happen. And that probably won't be on. Our show yeah. here because that's not what we do here. But we're we're working on some interviews and we definitely want to get off into some of the more obscure uh, uh, things. So we'll do that from time to time. But in the meantime, I, I'm I'm kind of done as I just want to make sure that the people left here when they finish listening to this episode that they have a a little bit better understanding of the events and right. what led up to them. But more than that, that they're looking at things around them. Uh, and I like that. I think that. You know, when we approach the show, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the American Pie song. Right. And the day that the music died, always, I don't like those feelings that I, that are invoked in me when I when I think and reminisce on this moment. So it's been a difficult show. I want to say I appreciate you um, walking us through it and helping yeah. helping us get past it. But I think that what I what I would want to let the listeners leave with would be this: ask questions. Yeah. You know, want to understand the why, the what if. You know, what happens, what changes. And I mean, that's the whole basis of the show is like two average guys. We don't have an ego. We're not authorities. You tell us we're wrong, we're wrong. Right. It's just we want to look at the world because things like this happen every day. It's just whether or not you know about it. True story. So anyway, signing off. We'll this see you in a fortnight probably. Indeed. This is Shalom. And I'm Desmond. And we're not historians. Later. Ever.